about leadership, management, and watching distant clouds of birds on the water as a self-care mechanism. I'm Rachel Perkins, aka Pie or Pie Bob. I'm into words, operations, cheese, and whiskey, and of course, leadership. And I'm Kendall Miller. Any car is a self-driving car if you can compress the gas pedal and don't care where you end up. <laughs> if you're brave enough. Uh, today on the show, we're going to be talking with Anurag Sharma, engineering manager at Chargebee. Hi, Anurag. Hi, thank you so much for Welcome. having me, Rachel and Kendall. Well, we're glad you're here, and let's uh, let's dive right in, Anurag. Tell us about your uh, path to leadership and management and your role today. Yeah, so I was pretty much a software engineer and primarily working uh, as a full-stack engineer in small startups. And then I transitioned into data engineering role. And the team I was working in, uh, I was also responsible for certain leadership uh, responsibilities. So that was where I pretty much got introduced to leadership first. And my manager was busy with other teams. So he was handling multiple teams. So he pretty much left uh, a data engineering team for me to take care. And that's where it started. And I really liked the kind of work we were doing in that form. So we were mainly focusing on, so I was mainly focusing on say a long-term strategy. And that's where it hit me that say, I can contribute more in terms of long-term strategy of the project and can add value for thinking strategically. And when, when you say, Sorry that I'm already interrupting you. Have <laughs> I warned you, man. The, um, I warned you. <laughs> yeah. The uh, when you say that um, your boss sort of just let you have this, was was he just hands off and uh, or or she were they just hands off and didn't do anything? Um, like and it ended up in your lap, or they said, "Hey, Anurag, we need help. You're already kind of doing this." Like, what did that transition actually look like? And and then did they provide you any help? Yeah, so I think pretty much like as in any small startup would have, so there are so many crises and everything is on fire. So that's where say mm -hmm. the manager's bandwidth is always limited. So at any point, say they are looking for people to step up and people tend to find places. So say whosoever can take responsibility of whatever they can pick up. So that's where say people try to rise and shine. So I think it was a gradual change. So uh, just because say I could do something, I started picking them and then so he showed confidence in me and then I pretty much started doing them formally also. So what did that look like? Was it initially your, your boss said, hey, you know, I'm, I would like you to pick up where, where you feel comfortable picking up in terms of leadership. What sorts of tasks are we talking about here? Were you running team meetings? Were you doing people's reviews? Were you, when did that sort of thing happen? Yeah, so it started with a simple task, picking up tasks, distributing tasks, and uh, even thinking about strategy of the project. So it started with mm -hmm. that. And uh, just because say, appraisals was something really formal, so that responsibility could not have been given directly. So it took some time. Uh -huh. So I had to make that transition to formally get those responsibilities. But it started with, say, informally, say, running meetings, uh, thinking about strategy, taking care of uh, any stressful situations or crisis or bugs or something like that. Can so you tell us about something like that? So you're saying sometimes you had to deal with a crisis, a stressful situation. 
Can you talk about any of those things? What sort of experiences did you have that you had that you were like, well, I still like this enough that I want to be a leader. Uh, this is like kind of your trial by fire in a way. Yeah, I think just because there were too many shoes and then pretty much I think that this is common to any very, very fast growing startups that mm-hmm. there'll be always too many things to do. So, so my managers oh, yeah. was looking into something very, very high priority things and I could focus on medium priority things and take up those responsibilities to say, kind of fix certain issues which were there in terms of, say, uh, both strategy and in terms of, say, operations. So there is always two things uh, uh, parallelly going, always for me. So I, I want to ask about that. First first of all, was this at Chargebee that this happened or was this at a previous company? Yeah, so this was previous company, Wartfix. And um, when you, you you keep you keep mentioning the strategy bit, and tell us tell us a little bit more about that because that's it's it's interesting to me that um, well how do I say this? Almost every guest that we've had on here talks about their transition into leadership and is like, oh, it turns out I like the people side, um, mm-hmm. and and may, maybe you like the people side, but you that wasn't <laughs> the first thing you went with. Uh, you know, yeah, the first thing you said was now I got to affect long term strategy. I mean, is that roadmap? Is that like? figuring out how to tie the business goals back into what your team was doing or what does it mean Resource for you to be strategy. affecting? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So these, I'm talking about pretty much a small startup. So we are primarily even figuring out product market fit for the team itself. Mm-hmm. So we are figuring out say, what would be the ideal customer profile. And sure. in most of the cases, I feel that say engineering manager or engineering leader is also supposed to say heavily influence that in terms of say what the roadmap should be and then what timeline should be for the project. So so I feel that product manager has product uh, responsibility more on product side, but engineering manager should always have a check on product manager in terms of if it is going way too far from engineering alignment. So sure. there were cases like that. So we were figuring out product market fit and what we were building um, make sense to some people, but doesn't make sense to another set of people. So how to even pivot fast so that we find a niche where say it not only solves a problem for a customer profile, but it also solves a problem for which already company selling product to. So either it should be an incremental to the audience where we already selling to, or it can be say something uh, adjacent to that. So where we can easily transition. So depending upon the maturity of the project. So we pretty much iterated really fast. We were trying out some concept trying to say get some concept from other products and trying to see if in the existing products some of those things primarily on analytics side would make sense or not so oh go ahead kendall i see you have your mouth open well there's i mean yeah man i had this it's it's really interesting well first of all i mean um every company struggles with that product feedback Mm -hmm. loop and and that product engineering feedback loop and um that i mean honestly the vast majority of engineering leaders that I know when they first start in engineering leadership are like, my sole goal is not to screw up the people side in the way that my manager <laughs> screwed up the people side, right? Mm-hmm. And and it, that you in your first role were aware of the ways that you needed to give feedback to product and figure out, you know, your role in tying that to the business. I mean, that's it seems unusually self-aware. So I'm, I'm a little curious, like... <laughs> Are you just a smart person? Did you see things happen in different orgs? Did you were you reading things? Did you have any resources that helped you make this transition <laughs> and understand the way that you were supposed to do this? 
Yeah, so I think that is interesting. So I keep asking this question to myself as well. So at least the answer I have found it for myself is that I studied economics. And so the system thinking oh. comes really naturally to me. So everything think... makes sense now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, no, that's, that's actually really relevant. And and I think a great point. Like, yeah, the systems thinking is is wow. That, I mean, that's actually really cool. Keep going. That's uh, say more. Yeah. So so the way I look at say how even technology teams should progress is to think about say what is say strategy and then say now say the second part is probably to align people to that strategy. So then my hiring is decided by what strategy we are following. So if I have to release something fast and it is a dirty version of things, so then probably I'll hire say hacker kind of persona. These days can come and pretty much are very wide in their knowledge and then pretty much iterate really fast and are okay with all the chaos that comes with early product market fit. Okay. And, if and how did you get into a... this? So did your boss say, notice that you had opinions? Like, is that what happened? Or uh, was this everyone got this chance to move into that role? And you were just, you know, more on top of it than everyone else? Or were you already coming with like, I think we should do X, I think we should do Y? And that's yeah, why so I this... feel that yeah, probably, I, I think there are too many reasons. So one would be that there were too many things to do. So just okay. like, so people tend to delegate the kind of things they are not able to say focus on and in some way say i also pull a lot of responsibility saying that uh, i can pick this up and that's where they kind of showed some confidence let's say if you can do a small bit of it today then you can probably pick okay. a bigger chunk tomorrow okay so that was a while ago how long ago was that would you say yeah that was four years but that four was years really ago. good okay, experience so uh huh. What was the so now your um, engineering manager? How, well, how big is your team at the moment? Yeah, currently we are twelve people on engineering side. Uh huh. And, and uh, are all those people report to you? Yeah. Okay, so you're you're the you're the lone engineering leader in that sense. You're not just an an engineering manager among many. You are the engineering manager. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, and and did you hire all of those people oh. yourself? Yeah, so pretty much all of them. What is your approach to hiring like? Have you do you follow a particular process? Uh, I mean, you've mentioned already you kind of want to hire people who can kind of kind of follow along with the the strategy that you're proposing. How do you yeah. find that out? What what's that like? Yeah, so so current strategy is pretty much to release something fast. And we are mainly focusing to hire really, really fast. So as you can probably imagine in this kind of market, hiring is very, very difficult. Yeah, so, especially right so now. Well, and are you hiring all over the world or where are you hiring? So we are primarily hiring in India. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. But market here is as competitive as probably anywhere else. So mm -hmm. Yeah. Very okay, competitive. So keep as going. Well. Just curious. Yeah. yeah. So at least say I use one hack so one my hack is basically uh, say in some cases we are betting on people so we are trying to figure out who can possibly do a good job if they join and in most of the cases we are betting on people rather than trying to find the best people people who are who can do and have a lot of potential but for some reason either they are in a big bank where they cannot innovate 
or they're restricted in very large, uh, many number of cases. So trying to identify those kind of people and then trying to bring, give them an opportunity of sorts to kind of come on board, work really hard and show value as soon as they can. So that can go anyways, but uh, in most of the cases, say, our beds are working. So, so we have been able to hire, say, 12, 15 people in a short six months. Is it specifically banks or is it like that? Let me, let me dig into that a little bit more. You, you said the hack is to take chances on people. Yeah. Um, and it's you're, you're, so you are you specifically focusing on industries that you believe will move a little slower or not allow the people to spread their wings, those kinds of things that you go looking for. Or like we all take chances on people. I, I can yeah. do all the <laughs> best processes in my interview that I can do. I'm still taking a chance on them. So what's, what's different about the way you're taking a chance on them? Yeah, so so not getting people exactly who are doing the same work in say some other startup. So so gotcha. yeah, so just because there are too many people in the startup world and they are obviously looking for a higher, uh, it's a better startup or better brand of startups. So say our joining rate from that cohort was very low, just because they will at the last moment join any other big company or any better startup which they think is better, obviously. So in some ways, we pretty much uh, decided that we can bet on certain people where joining probability may be really higher. So in some ways, that gives us a better joining ratios rather than trying to find exact match of people who are doing exact same thing somewhere else. But so, also, I mean, you're you're in just, you're working in the sort of payments industry, right? So having bringing people in from banks is, is a good bet because they have an understanding of the industry at least to some degree. And have sure. you, so how is your, what's your, what's your betting ratio? How's, how's it going? Yeah. So I think uh, I can talk about this. So probably this thing was got, got missed earlier. So we are working to build new initiative inside charge B, which is e-commerce. So physical products are becoming subscriptions as well. Earlier, say company was doing subscriptions for, uh, pretty much SaaS companies. Now we want to start say pretty new uh, products. So e-commerce that way is a startup inside Charge B, which mm-hmm. is pretty much uh, say new set of people trying to solve a new vertical problem itself. So ideally, say somebody who has worked on e-commerce or you know, B2C companies is an ideal fit. But mm-hmm. we, in some sense, also try to find people who have potential to do good and try to bet on them and try to hire them fast right. as soon as we can. So, so that's where we have kind of got good uh, results as well. That joining ratio is pretty high. So the bet's you, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> do you fire fast? I mean, when you're going to make mistakes, right? Uh, are you able to fire fast or do you, do you move slow there? If you're comfortable sharing that. Yeah. So, 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 that way, say, there's no restriction, so we can pretty much fire fast as well. But okay. the interview process is such that say, we would have um, say, tested for underlying abilities and enthusiasm and learnability. So chances yeah. that uh, say somebody will not do good after that is generally rare, because people okay. will jump on the first. So people will join the first day, and our onboarding day is pretty much uh, less than five days. So they will check in something within a week. So that itself is an early sign that how that person is doing it uh, after joining. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we get very, very early signs. 
So you've got about a dozen people on your team. Um, and you have come in four years from, you know, being given kind of lesser, lower priority tasks to achieve in terms of leadership to now where you're leading the entire engineering team and working on their direction and hiring and all of their reviews and all of the things that goes with being a people leader as well as an engineering leader. Um, what has been the hardest thing for you to learn or the most embarrassing thing that you've learned about leadership on your way to here? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, <laughs> what's, what's been the most too difficult many of them. thing? Yeah. Oh, good. So I think the difficult, I think that always the most difficult thing is to understand, say, different perspectives. So I may have, say, one perspective of, say, how startups and products should be built. And in most of the cases, say, if um, I find opinions which are, say, very different from them, I just take some time to observe them uh, and understand where they're coming from. Because there are too many scenarios, uh, too many things that can work, too many things that can fail. And obviously, um, I know say, very few of them. So at least now I am at a point where I will look at every suggestion very, very objectively, think through it and also dig deeper in sense that whether it makes sense and how the other person is looking at that problem. Uh, just to Did get you come from a situation where that went badly? Like you, uh, you didn't listen to someone and they were right and you were wrong? Or is it just uh, a general vague thing that you've learned? Yeah, so at least I feel that um, there's nothing right and wrong yeah, in general, right? So say what you say today can work, but tomorrow can fail miserably. So, but I should always listen to you very objectively and uh, see where you're coming from and also appreciate that. And if I have any points, uh, I should always say, uh, uh, say, let you know that how, how I'm thinking and how I'm seeing things. You don't. You don't mean there's not wrong ways to do things. You mean uh, uh -oh. you, Here mean, we go. Like, you should hold everything loosely. Is what you're saying. not yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say there's a lot of wrong ways to do things. There may not be the right way, but uh, yeah. but uh, there's a lot of wrong ways. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, um, the. Well, did you have more to say about that before I move on? No, yeah, just that strategy is very subjective as well. So that's where uh, I feel that people look at things very differently and then how comfortable they are with different, um, in some ways, just because I, now I'm collaborating a lot more with product managers, I feel that it's not a well-defined field and uh, you can do so many things, how to prioritize itself uh, is more of an art, uh, I feel. And then there's so many intuitions and then how much you can quantify. Yes. And especially in e-commerce kind of world, the space itself changes so fast that by the time you are reacting to something, it is too late. So, so it's always uh, ever learning experience. Yeah, I mean, product isn't sitting down and talking to customers and saying, I mean, once in a while, when you're a product person, there is a very obvious place you have to go. Uh, but usually, 
that's not the case. Usually it's like, well, we think this is the right direction. We're going to head that way, right? And then you, you kind of have to rally everybody and convince them that you're right uh, and uh, and then go that direction. But you got you to gotta commit and do something. Uh, otherwise, you end up paralyzed. But that's interesting. Um, what are the, I mean, you, you mentioned like the growing fast, the changing things that, you know, charge bees going in some different directions. Uh, what's the thing that's keeping you up right now at night? I mean, is it just the hiring? Is it something else? What's, what's the hardest problems that you're trying to solve? Um, I think so that way there's, um, not a problem to be solved at this point, pretty much well settled as a team. Um, and in some ways, so whatever uncertainty is there, we have kind of accounted for that. So uh, no crisis at this moment, the way I see it, pretty much alignment. Well, that doesn't minor mean you issues. sleep well. There can be, <laughs> yeah. So what are the minor issues? I don't know. What's 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 yeah, what are you working on? Difficult what's thing? difficult for you at the moment as a leader? Where where, where are you growing? What's 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 a what's a painful growing experience? Sure. Yeah, I think uh, I would only say that at least in remote. Uh, environment where everyone mm -hmm. joins remotely just instilling that culture of ownership uh, and responsibility itself i feel uh, can get a little difficult and oh yeah you, say more about that yeah yeah even say even small small things just because people are coming from very diverse backgrounds and then don't don't need to they don't meet each other uh, outside the Zoom calls. So sometimes there are gaps in communication, I feel. People tend to communicate less and then they will be stuck in a problem and then probably may not reach out initially. So just building that initial rapport itself with the team where they are comfortable to ask silly doubts, I feel becomes very, very difficult for most of the people who are joining in remote setup. So they take a lot of time just to open up uh, and show vulnerability and uh, just reach out for help. I see. Yeah. yeah. So the connecting people. I, I also work for a remote first company and it is something you really have to focus on to make sure that, that, you know, some folks are really comfortable. I mean, I've been remote and online and interacting with people online my entire adult life, but that's not the same. It's not the case for everyone. Um, so do you have any uh, any mechanisms? Do you have any approaches to that? Is there a training that you offer your new employees as part of their onboarding about like, this is what's different about being remote and what you have to lean into to make sure you don't have these kinds of problems where nobody in the Zoom call took responsibility for a thing. So everybody thought someone else was going to do it and then they didn't. Or I have a problem. I don't understand this code base. I'm trying to look at this PR and I don't understand anything. Who do I talk to? Or do I just like suffer in my own little isolated pod, right? How do, do you do you prepare your team for that? And if so, how do you do it? Yeah, I think the first part of the problem is just to open up people and make them say belong to the team and understand the dynamics. So for that, uh, we pretty much are relying on say initial onboarding process where everyone will talk to everyone, would learn from them what they are doing. Uh, another thing we do is that uh, we will add new person after two weeks of time to pretty much all the meetings so he can just he or she can just come and just see what is happening and what are the dynamics i feel that people learn by seeing so if they see certain things happening in meetings they mm -hmm. just copy it so you will not have to even yeah. say write them down to them that this is how we 
behave to see how we conduct meetings so a lot of it is uh, just because they are able to observe people a lot more so onboarding and uh, say building some uh, rapport with the team so that's where say they just open up and they are uh, they feel open to even reach out to others for any doubts like, the other thing safe. you can safely do that yeah, someone's safe not going to be like this guy didn't know what he was talking about. She didn't know what she was doing. And, you know, yeah. there's none of that, right? Have you ever been in a situation where asking for help has been a sign of weakness for someone else? That's yeah, the so there are always... So engineers are themselves not very... may not be the friendliest people to talk to. So I have... <laughs> be, <laughs> yeah. So I have been around, say, engineers... Uh, who may be really good technically, but may not be mm. as good uh, in, say, softer skills and empathetic that way. And then they will shout on you and they'll say that, didn't you do this? <laughs> you are a senior mm -hmm. person. You should have so how this, do you uh, prevent that just... from happening? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the best part is uh, hiring itself. So uh, I think one of the things that Charge B takes pride in that so there are very, very... Uh, you know, we check people for culture a lot so that the, every addition to the team should be uh, say improving the culture of the team itself and uh, probably we have the nicest people uh, working for us. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. that is actually yeah. a great distinction and a good selling point when you're hiring Seriously. people are you when you say you're focused on hiring in India, are you hiring all over India or is there one particular geographic location? Like, do you have people in small villages in the middle of nowhere? Is everyone in major metropolitan areas? Are there big cultural differences across the the team because of where they are? Yeah, so Chargebee has also gone remote. So earlier they were headquartered in a particular city, but because of pandemic, they mm -hmm. took as an opportunity to pretty much go remote. And that has been one of the good even selling points to hire good engineers now so they can be closer to family and even say move around uh, as they work for the company so a lot of young folks nowadays are preferring to work as they travel to different different places so they will be in one place for one month or two yeah, the nomads. Move around. yeah so uh, so that way uh, i think we are getting good response from pretty much all over the country now people are from the remotest of the cities to even large metropolitans and who, whoever can move back to their uh, I, I think uh, native places they are also now looking to even move back to closer to families and things like that no i think um, that way just because say everyone has been primarily worked in any of the other companies before so culturally i think they're aware of what is supposed to work in an IT industry and then how they should respond, what should be the response times. Uh, mm -hmm. And even people joining now can easily learn those tricks. So that way we are not uh, face any problem. And just to even make people aware of the responsibility and pick a responsibility by themselves and show a lot of initiative. One simple thing we do is pretty much assign ownership as soon as they join. So even if they are 15 days in the system, we'll assign them uh, some responsibility that you are lead in this area and you are supporting in this area. And uh -huh. they, they can always take transition from another person. So even though say they know nothing about a module, 
they are acting as an owner and then they will coordinate with the person earlier taking care of that module or piece of code so they that kind of pushes them to even learn faster let's say if there's a bug or some issue in this piece of code it will be assigned to them and then they can pretty much sit with the other person and probably the other person will fix it but it is their responsibility they learn. to push it so so just because they have that thing going on their head that they i am the owner i need to push this and the ticket is assigned to me i feel that they learn faster also. yeah yeah that is cool actually because yeah. then they're expected to sit with this other person who does know about yeah. it and learn from them it's not like a, i don't know anything and you know everything situation it's like you're transferring this knowledge to me yeah. so that i can properly own this module this area of the code um Kendall, did you have something? I saw you were. Yeah, preparing. well, I'm curious. So we've we've heard a lot about uh, where you've been, how you got here. Um, what what does what does the future look like for you, Anuraga? Do you want it? Do you want to? And you know, as vague or as specific as you want to be. I mean, are you going to be at Charge B the rest of your life? Do you want to start a company someday? Or are you hoping to move up? And you're already kind of. It sounds like at the top of the leadership chain, even though you know the the. The title is engineering manager. You're you're playing the role of a more senior leader in a lot of organizations. Like, what what is it that you'd like to do in the future? What what is yeah. happening over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least in short term, let's say. Um, so, I like to solve problems, and that's what I would like to continue doing. So, uh, so that's where uh, I think things are currently, and uh, as a path. Um, I feel that people problems, product problems, <laughs> engineering problems. All of them. I thought you said he could be as specific as he wants to be, Kendall. Yeah, <laughs> so I, yeah, I'm coming to that. So, uh, in my mind, say VP of engineering is something I can relate to most. Yeah, and in some mm -hmm. ways, I um, working. So I really admire my current uh, VP of engineering, and there is too much to learn from him. And probably this is one of the reasons I joined Charge also. So, so I'm just observing him and copying him everything he does. So that's what my plan is to learn the trade, tricks of trade from him and then probably use it myself. I mean, it's unusual to have a leader that you admire and want to be like. So yeah, enjoy that because uh, uh, yeah. it's it's not the common uh, it's experience. It's not the norm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is there is there a particular um, strength of this leader that you're interested in uh, learning to emulate? Yeah, so I mainly love the way he would dis, uh, deconstruct a, a complex problem into, say, smaller problems. And mm -hmm. that is something I'm trying to learn from him as well. So organization level, there can be say, so many complex problems that may span multiple teams. But mm -hmm. essentially, he'll come up with a plan where say every team will have a one goal to solve and it will mm -hmm. look very achievable and before probably his interventions and things would look like it's very difficult to achieve so just because now i'm i have pretty much one case study every month where i would see him say get into a solutioning mode and then solve a complex problem so i am wow. trying to deconstruct that myself and trying to learn say how he does that and, how and also being a leader consensus. of leaders Right, yeah. right. This person manages you who manages other people. And that's a different style of leadership as well. Um, what, so yeah, there's, when you're getting a, you're getting a bunch of background noise there on Arag is, is yeah, something moving around. Taking the trash out or something. 
you know, um, I think that's probably my kid moving around chairs or something. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I have a question, uh, and it's yeah, the question that we tend to ask everyone on this podcast. So you seem pretty comfortable with uh, the idea that you're in charge of other people. Um, how, what is your relationship like with authority? How do you feel about having authority over other people? And how do you feel about people having authority over you? Yeah, so I pretty much see authority as another relationship. And even uh, I see uh, even this work relationship as pretty much supporting relationship. So I'll probably not even see it as some sort of, say, authority. I will see that, say, my job is pretty much to support my team, achieve what they can individually do and probably act as a multiplier. And I will always see all my superiors as someone who are there to help me if I need an help. So that way, it is always easier for me to even reach out to them in case there are any issues. Uh-huh. I see. Kendall has his dog. Oh, sorry. Sometimes I wish we could yeah, like sorry. show the video of these as well <laughs> because he's, there's amusing stuff. He's been stuff. nice and calm and now wants Aww, all the attention. He so wants he's pets. like leaning over in my lap. That um, is a cute dog. So yeah. I actually wanted to f ask more. Sorry, Kendall. Oh, do, it. Um, do, it, do it. Do it. Go for it. Hush, Kendall. Talk to your dog. Uh, this, <laughs> so you are comfortable with this idea of authority as it exists in your in your current working environment. You feel like you can go to your leaders for help if you need help it's not a problem and that that the people reporting to you you're there to support them was this different when you were a kid do you feel like you had the same relationship with the people in authority over you when you were a child do you have you changed have you learned something different in that time since then yeah i think pretty much the same so we had this rule in the family and then we used to jokingly talk about it that even if you kill someone let us know <laughs> we will help you bury the body. <laughs> That's what real friends do, right? <laughs> yeah, so that is that is an amazing family rule or comment. Let us know, even if it's bad. Yeah. And you felt like that was actually accurate. You could, I mean, not that you necessarily killed someone when you were a child, but uh, that when you did something bad, you know, if you broke a vase or something, it was yeah. okay. You weren't afraid to go to your parents and tell them about it. Um, yeah, that, is that accurate? Yeah, okay. it came to that, that point. Yeah, so it was very open, and then, so yeah, pretty much uh, my family will always be there, say if I need them at any point in time, and that's the kind of relationship we built. And I feel workplace is just in some ways extended family, and then if you can build that kind of relationship with your team and superiors, I feel that uh, say if you just see jobs as transactions. So I think that's very, uh, I think, uh, I think not a good way to kind of even spend two or three or four years of your uh, time on jobs. So I feel that say, if you work in a job, you should build relationship and it lasts much longer than the job itself. And then wherever you go, you watch out for <laughs> them and then they yeah. are there for you. I yeah. mean, there's kind of a line between, you know, I, I have a kind of knee-jerk negative reaction to like, we're all family here at work because it's it's a job. They're paying you. Yeah. And and for most companies, it, this is my jaded experience, but, um, you know, they would get rid of you if they felt that was best for the company. And so your, your loyalty to the company is only in so much as they can also continue to benefit you. To me, it is pretty transactional. That doesn't mean yeah. that you 
can't build relationships with the people that you're working with. Yeah, right? and, and that's, that's what I'm hearing is that yeah, there's yeah. a transactional relationship with the company, but the people you're with are things sure. that will last. And so you want to invest sure. in that. Right. And there's yeah, a I saying mean, that like, you know, people leave because their manager sucks. They don't leave because, quote, the company sucks. They Or they, yeah. they follow a manager somewhere else because they had a good relationship with that person. And you rehire yeah. people that worked for you before. Similarly, that's where the value in establishing these relationships are is it's not the company is awesome it's the people are awesome is that is that uh what you're trying to say here or you are, are more loyal to the higher level company as well yeah pretty much it right so you're always loyal to people rather than company and the way mm -hmm. i would probably define company is say group of people Right, so, so there's no company without people. If you just take away all the people, so your experience Smooth. in the same company will be <laughs> too different. I don't know. Well done. Companies that would disagree with you there. But, that was uh... very smooth. Okay, Kendall, Carrie, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of, I've been asking all the questions. It's your turn. Sorry. No, it's okay. Well, you weren't, you weren't done with that, Anuragu. You were going to finish that thought. You take all the people out. There's no company. Were you going to say something more? Yeah, I was saying the same thing, right? So if you just take all the people and replace it with another set of people, your experience in the same job, same company would be much different and your emotions every day would be much different. So what makes that company is pretty much the set of people who probably, uh, CXO level obviously determine much chunk of it, but in most of the cases, you're also surrounded by, uh, say, your peers, which determine, say, your daily experience of the company itself. So this is how you perceive yeah. your company in some ways. And if you just move people around and so the same set of uh, company may not, same company may not work out for you. So that's what I've seen that so people just migrate to another department and they feel miserable or they feel very happy uh, compared to what they were feeling before. So I will always sure. feel that uh, and people, managers, CXOs pretty much determine say, how you feel on day-to-day -day basis yeah yeah no that's good well so let's let's pivot here on Arag as we come come up on time but tell us a little bit about uh outside of work i mean when you're not sitting in a little room <laughs> and hearing your kid push a chair around in the room outside of you what uh what in the room with the kid pushing a chair himself yeah that's right yeah pretty much uh so i play badminton a lot and um, oh, cool. i just you like... play badminton a lot oh yeah yeah and then I just like to roam around. So, uh, so I would go on for long walks or I love nature. I would like to visit places uh, not so crowded and uh, nature. What's your favorite you... place that you visited and for nature yeah. purposes? So I, uh, I've stayed in uh, Paris for uh, about 10 years. Ooh. I uh, roamed around France and it was beautiful. And even in um, my part of um, the state now so i stay in bangalore and karnataka has a lot of natural places which are really cool cool yeah cool. you so you're in a big city and you're surrounded by the, the the big i mean so when you go for long walks you're wandering around the city and kind of exploring the nooks and crannies or have you explored yeah. everything yeah so pretty much old city and how things have changed over a period of time even say some parks and public places all those things are very fascinating. And, and I travel to my parents' places and my brother stays in another city. So just visiting them is another set of experience. Just trying to figure out some local flavors. It's always good. Cool. And um, do you think, I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but 
uh, in the last four years since you've become a leader in engineering. Do you think that that's affected your life, your personal life positively or negatively? Do you change, have you changed the way that you interact with your, the people in your personal life, your family, your friends, because of what you've learned as becoming an engineering leader? And is that good or bad? Yeah, as part of being a good leader, say I'm trying to learn a lot of say skills which are helpful in any relationship for that matter. Mm -hmm. So just because I'm trying to have good relationships with my team uh, and peers and cross-functional folks. So I think it kind of tickles it onto family also. So I'm trying to have better relationships. I'm more patient with my kid. <laughs> <laughs> Put them on a performance improvement plan. <laughs> I would um I would love to, Anurag, at some point, see a blog post or a book called uh, Leadership for, you know, the Economics of Leadership or something, um, the Economics for Leaders, uh, something like that, because it sounds sure. like the systems thinking that you came into this with kind of set you a, a, a leg above where a lot of people get started. And um, I'd be really interested for, for what was transferable that you brought in with you at some point. Yeah. But How uh, much of that do you get in an MBA? I don't know. <laughs> right, right. So oh, cool. This has been super awesome. I want to ask you uh, one more thing, which is um, where can people find you on the internet in case people have questions about systems thinking and e economics? Sure. So, um, and I'm, you know, you personally. Yeah, Sorry, well, go ahead. that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm more active on LinkedIn. So if you just search uh -huh. for Anurag and Charge B, I think I'm the only person. Okay, I can find the link and put it in the show notes. Sure. Cool. Thank you so much. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for being with us. That was great. 